You know, you can look at even the movies that are out right now. You know, there's a new Superman movie out. You wanted another one, right? You wanted to hear the story one more time about Superman. I mean, there's a new um, Iron Man out. You know, remember the Avengers was not too long ago. But you can go back to these epic movies. You know, think about Braveheart or think about, you know, the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy. I mean, all of these stories really, think about this for a minute, are the story of the Bible. You've got good and perfect things. Things are good. Then something evil comes along and disrupts what's good. Maybe it steals the good. Maybe it, maybe it commits a horrendous crime. But for whatever reason, we need, we desperately need a savior. And the savior we need needs to be superhuman or above human character or to do something that's above and beyond what humans normally do. And that person needs to fight. And then peace and order is restored. Here's the thing, though, all of us, that's, that's the grand story of the world, and that's the story we love to hear, and no matter if it's Superman or Braveheart or whatever book you've read, I mean, it's, that's basically the story of all of our stories, but it's also the story that you're living today, and we are part of this cosmic battle, and you have a part to play in it. That's what's awesome about it. The truth is, we need to wake up to the fact that Christianity is this story. That's what this story is. I think about it, and... Um, one important thing is you need to really focus on the enemy. The enemy is this. John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his mission. That's his mission. He wants to destroy everything that's good about your life. Everything that's honorable, he wants to take it away. You know, as men, we, we struggle and strive. We want significance. We want people to respect us. We want to be, uh, you know, we want... We want to be thought of as important, all those things. That's one, of the most, that's one of the most valuable things that the enemy wants to steal from us as men. And he does it over and over and over and in whatever way is, is easiest. We have to identify that enemy. He's clever. He knows where you're weak. He knows where it would be easiest to drag you down and to make you stumble and to fool you. That's what he does all the time. That's what he's good at. Part of, another part of the enemy is not just him, but the enemy is us. Most of us guys, would you be honest about that? I'll be honest for all of us guys. The truth is we are like that. That's how we are. We've got these, these um, Achilles heels and these chinks in our armor where we're weak in places, but we want to cover it up. You know, we want to always be right. We want to we, we wanna be in charge. I laugh because you just, we just aren't, aren't we? <laughs> so many times in life, it's not that way. And we struggle and fight for that, and it just doesn't work that way. Um, with all that said, we have to stay alert. This, this verse here talks about that enemy. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers all over the world are going through the same kind of sufferings that you are. That other enemy I mentioned is in this verse. For the world offers a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. And these are not from the Father, but they're from this world. So how do we win this fight? Let me talk about that for just a minute. What I did was, uh, I thought for us, you know, we wanted to prepare for battle. So I thought, who better to prepare for battle than someone who knows what battle has really been like? And we have in our, in our church here someone who's actually a boxer and been a boxer. And maybe you didn't know this, so you got to watch out for him. But this is Kelly Noday. And I, just, just to give you some context, I went ahead and put a picture. I hope, I hope this is all right, Julie. I didn't, even, I, didn't even, I didn't even check this with you. I'm sorry. I should have done that. 
But I also wanted you to see their kids because, you know, um, we got Ryan, Reese, Reagan, and Roman. And, and Kelly, you boxed for a long time. And I know I wrote down some of the details about, you know, you boxing and how much you have boxed. I know that you boxed for about eight years. You had 32 uh, amateur bouts. Those lights are bright, huh? Just like the ring. Yeah. <laughs> 32 amateur bouts. He boxed literally all over the world. Actually won a title in, uh, in Holland, right? And then um, I didn't bring your mic out, man. Okay. But I wanted to ask Kelly, you know, he's, he's suited up here for us today. We were going to have him work on some of those bags, but then we thought, you know, I'll just, I'm, I'm going to have him do some demonstrations out here for us. But let me ask you this question. When you prepare for a fight, you know, when do you prepare for a fight? Um, the second you lace up the gloves. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty much the second you start going to a ring and get training. Uh, and you know you're going to be a fighter. Uh, I knew I was going to be a fighter when I watched Rocky with my dad as a kid. Okay, all right. And um, let, me, let me ask you just a couple more questions you know, that we, we talked about here. How often, when you're, when you're preparing for a fight or when you're training as a boxer, how often do you train? Um, pretty much five days a week in a gym and six to seven days a week on the road. Okay. Doing your road work. Do you ever stop training? I mean, do you ever take some time off or you... Um, after a hard knockout, you definitely have to time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, other than that. Okay. Now, I was asking you earlier, too, uh, you know, what are the most important parts of your training, you know? You... Um, conditioning and coaching, number one, the stamina, because you have to have the wind to perform in the ring to be able to do what your coach tells you to do. Okay, so coaching yeah, and conditioning. For sure. For sure. All right. All right, I'm going to take this from you. Okay. All right. And I just want, I was just wondering, you know, we're going to talk for a few minutes just about offense and defense and coaching, but let's, or in, in life, but let's talk for a minute about defense. Can you show us, show us what, and what's important as you're defending as a boxer? He's saying you want to cover up, protect your... At all times, and in doing so, you're going to protect your chin and any... Your protect your chin and... Organs, gut shots. Organs. Um, you're going to... Constant head movement, body movement, because you want to stay at all times high alert, high defense, head movement, body movement, because you don't want to get caught by the enemy. He says you want to always be moving, always keep moving. You know what he was telling me the other day? He said, he goes, you win fights by not getting hit. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, that's a good point. I see what you're saying. So he was saying sometimes defense is the most important part, because if they can't hit you, they yeah. can't win. Head movement, lateral movement. Um, Moving side to side, always. As much offensive training as you do, do the same amount of defensive training. Make sure you do as much defense as you do offense what training. What I'm saying to Dennis is, Pastor Dennis, anyone can hit hard. Boxing isn't hitting hard. Boxing's not getting hit. Anyone can hit hard. It's learning to face bam and fire back. Show us, show us some of those offensive moves now. Well, working from a distance, I'll be over here. Just an assault. And then doing that in shadow boxing, which is actually a boxing technique, because you simulate different opponents. Say a long opponent will come in like a Cassius Clay or Muhammad Ali. You got to duck, get inside, and fire. Your next round, you'll simulate an opponent coming in short and jabby and squatty where you're the long fighter and you got to stay away. So that's about it. That's about, <laughs> yeah, that's all. 
All right, anybody want to try this with us real quick for just a... No. Man, Kelly, I really appreciate oh, it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you, man. Thank, thank you for that. doing this, Steve. Yeah, awesome. I really like that. Um, I appreciate Kelly doing this. You know, when he, we talked, when I first time I met him and, and uh, I was talking to him and he mentioned something about, you know, working out or whatever. And we were talking and he was talking about being a boxer. And, you know, it's not often you know somebody who really has done the, done the actual boxing, you know. And so we talked for quite a while. And so what I, when he was talking about defense, you know, the thing that struck me about what he said and talking about defense, it has such a direct parallel to us as men. You know, living and every Christian. I mean, all this you can apply as as every Christian. But this this verse in particular really, really just just seemed to line up with what he was talking about. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. I don't know if you remember some of the things he was saying. He says, but you got to guard that because if you don't get hit, you know, you can't get hurt. And here's the thing I think for some of us men, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how we, um, you know, we don't guard ourselves very often. Sometimes that's one of the great things about having a wife because they can guard for you. Have you noticed that? And they'll say, honey, I, I don't know if you should watch out for that or you should watch out for this or that person. Or there's times I remember when we first got married, you know, I said, Nicole, I think it's fine, you know, but she knows. Isn't that weird, guys? Trust that. Trust that intuition of someone who loves you and cares for you. Thinking about the rest of this verse, I look at it and I says, you know, stay away from corrupt speech. You know, there's things you need to guard yourself from in advance. Something else that Kelly said was, you know, you train early. I think as Christians, you know, we, a lot of times we come to church and we feel like that's all we need to do. The truth is that for you as a Christian, if you're going to be a man of God and live your life for him the way it is intended to be lived, that's something you need to train on a daily basis. Church is awesome. It gives you that kind of that pep talk. It gives you, gives you some motivation to go forward. You get to see other brothers and sisters in Christ. But for you to really grow as a Christian and to be an accomplished fighter, you need to train every day. And we'll talk about some of that training in just a minute. Let's talk about offense for a minute. For though we live in a world, we do not wage a war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sells itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Here's the thing about fighting. Uh, He was talking about offense and jabbing and making sure you're like that. Obviously, with physical fighting, in a way, I wonder if that's not easier because it's something we see and touch and feel. But in the spiritual realm, it's it's not normal and it's often not natural to us. That's something that we need to work at to make sure that we know exactly what God wants us to do and how he wants us to live. It's something that we need to to make sure that we invest in to make sure it happens. You know... We, we talk about our, one, of our, one of our mottos here at the church is to grow, connect, go. What I want you to do is to think about that for a minute and how that plays into you as a Christian and how you're going to learn to be ready for the fight. We don't grow by ourselves. We don't. We need to grow in a way that we, we pull in and we get close to God. He mentioned, remember he said something about the conditioning and the coach? Now you could look at the pastors at the church as a coach or maybe your life lead, group leader as a coach or another leader in your life as a coach. But the real coach is Jesus. 
He's the coach that keeps us on the straight and narrow. He's the one who talks to us about, you know, hey, you need to get that guard a little higher. You need to make sure and keep your footwork moving. You need to do a little bit more road work. That's the, that's the coach that's going to drive you and motivate you for the future and keep you going with that. Um, there's a great verse in John. It's 15. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The truth is, apart from him, we're going to go weak. We're going to not have guidance, and we're not going to be the kind of Christian man that we need to be. My challenge to you today is to dig deep and to realize you're in a fight, and if you're going to fight, you need to train for the fight. And the way you're going to train for the fight is for you to be in the Word, be in prayer, and make that part of your daily life training. That doesn't sound as exciting as what Kelly was doing, does it? I mean, there's no ring there. It's not like you get to strap up and put your boots on and really, you know, run around and sweat. But here's the thing. That kind of training will, will earn you, you know, maybe a few accolades, but the kind of training I'm talking about will earn you eternal life. It will pay off in much, much bigger ways. Something else about that is, like I said, we're not alone. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much, uh, as, much as one. They get a better return for their labor. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. The thing about being a fighter is you are by yourself. When you step into that ring, you know, you've got your, you've got your coach maybe, and you've got your ring attendance. But ultimately, it's just you and that other person. God doesn't leave us like that, and I love that. The truth is he is always with us, always with us, in and through every struggle, every fight. Not only that, he provides this Christian body for us to come alongside, to walk alongside, to encourage one another, to challenge one another, to check one another when there are things that maybe aren't right. That is something that is just invaluable. And this church, you know, I love bragging on Crown Point Church. I do love this church. I love you people who are here, and I've said this probably, you're probably tired of hearing this, but I knew about this church before I became here as one of the pastors, but I didn't know you. Does that make sense? I knew a couple of the pastors, but I didn't know you. I didn't know how great the people were here. Now I know that, and I love, I love it even more. But the thing also about what's great about this church is we have a lot of opportunities for you to plug in and to get to know other brothers and sisters in Christ who will hold you accountable and will, will do life together. One of the great things we have is life groups. They meet every other week, most of them. Some of them meet once a month. But those groups are specifically designed. We have some for women. We have some for men. We have some for couples, for youth. Those groups are meant for you to dig deeper with other brothers and sisters in Christ, to join arms with them, and to work out your salvation together. That is invaluable. Our Sunday school teachers here are great, great teachers. They challenge us. They lead us. They give us the word. You know, obviously, we have our Sunday morning service, which you're well aware of, then our, our Wednesday night service. All of those are opportunities. And then even, the, even what we're doing today, I know it's fun, and you know, you'll, you'll probably get a couple laughs out, out in the lobby and in the gym and outside, but that is even designed for you to get to know each other and to make some relationships. So I encourage you today, maybe, maybe it's not normal for you to walk up to somebody and say, you know, hi, I'm Dennis. How long have you been coming to Crown Point Church? But I encourage you to do that. Step out of your comfort zone and get to know some newer people here today. <clears throat> let's, let's talk about fighting. Now, I, I opened today talking about a fight I was in. And the way that ended, you know, it ended quick and we all kind of walked away and I went back to my football game. And, and, um, but it didn't really end there because later I got a note passed to me, you know, meet me at the corner. You know, and it said Kenny, which didn't sound tough at the time. Kenny just, I don't know, Ken maybe. 
would have been, anyway. Um, so, you know, has anybody else been in that situation? Nobody, really, just me? All right. Well, I went to the corner, and um, only one of my friends would come with me because they were afraid. And uh, I went to the corner, and, you know, Kenny never showed up. And um, that was sixth grade. And see, I lived just north of school, and Kenny lived two blocks south of school. Well, our junior high was south of school. I walked by Kenny's house twice a day for the next three years. And uh, oftentimes, there'd be times where I'd talk to him or see him or his brothers. And for years, it was really awkward because we had that one weird deal. You know, and Kenny's life kept going spiraling down. And, and uh, you know, I look back at that, and I think, God, you know, now, I mean, as an adult, I look back, and I think, God, I should have handled that way different. You know, I should have reached out to him. You know, I should, have, I should have done things so differently. And I say that in this context. I want you to fight, and I want you to fight to win. No mercy. Now, maybe in context, you're thinking, I should have gone after him and chased him down. Yeah, I should have. But I should have done that spiritually, not physically. And I didn't. This is a spiritual fight we're in for the most part. And I'm challenging you to fight to win. No mercy. I don't want you to, don't pull any punches. Here's the first thing that I want you to do is we fight and we fight on our knees. It's, it's only been a few times, but there's been times where God has kind of put Kenny on my mind, which is weird. I mean, you're talking a long time ago. And I pray for him. I don't even know what ever happened to him. You know, back when I, when I visited my parents' house, there's times where I'd actually drive by his house and just wonder. It looks the same, you know, and I don't know what happened. Now, that's just a silly fight from grade school, but... Most of us men are in fights that are far more important than that. They're far more important than that. And some of, sometimes everything hangs in the balance. Maybe it's a physical fight that you're in for a physical body. Maybe it's, maybe it's a spiritual fight you're in. Maybe it's a struggle that you're having with something at work or a family member. Or maybe in your own home. Or maybe it's a pornography issue or, or some other temptation that is dragging you down. That is a fight that I want you to fight to win. No holds barred. There are no rules. You fight to win. And the most important tool you have to fight this fight is prayer. Prayer. What did Jesus do when he was most tormented? He prayed. What did he do when he was totally drained from a day full of ministry? He went off and prayed. That is a model for us which will take you far in your life. The truth is there's a lot of times in our lives where we're very vulnerable And those are times where we may turn to other things to medicate us or to soothe us. But those are the best and most important times for you to cry out to the one who is the maker of your soul, who loves you more than anybody else could ever love you, who knows you more intimately than anybody could ever know you, who knows what you need when you most need it. He is the one that you need to cry out to. I challenge you to do it. Now, I'm not talking. I know sometimes we talk about prayer. You're thinking, Pastor Dennis, you know, I tried to pray, you know, 15, 20 minutes, I can't even get five minutes. You know what? I'm challenging you just to pray more than you did yesterday. Pray more than you did yesterday. Yes, God would like to spend more time with you than that, but you know what? He just wants to spend time with you. Don't let the enemy turn that around on you and then beat you up for not praying enough. I just want you to spend time with him in prayer. The next thing, like I mentioned, is I want you to fight to win. This is a spiritual fight. You need to take the lead and you need to fight for your marriage. If things aren't the way they need to be, you take the lead and fight and make it the way it needs to be. You need to fight for your children. You know, I'm so grateful for a dad who was a Christian dad who loved us. Um, I've, I've told some stories about him before, but, you know, he, his dad was a Christian, I guess, but, but, you know, was really abusive to them. And, 
you know, wasn't the kind of dad that, that my dad is. What my dad did is when he became a Christian, he committed that he was going to break that cycle. He said, I would never hit my kids. He never did, ever. He would punish us, and it would be the worst, because he, um, he would make us wait until he wasn't angry anymore. <laughs> I, remember sitting, I remember sitting in my room and just thinking, oh, could we just get it over with? You know? He would never do that. And I just, I just respect him for that. You need to fight for your kids. Fight for the... I'm sorry. You need to fight for the relationship that you want with them. Whatever that is. Whatever it has been, you can make it better. You can make it what you want it to be. You have the power to do that. If there's been broken relationships there, you take the first step. You can make it. You can make a change in that. If there's been a cycle in your family that you're struggling with, you can break it. I've seen it broken, and you can do it. You can make that happen. The second part of that verse we started the service with, with is John 10.10. 10. Remember, we talked about how the enemy is the one who's fighting you, and he has come to destroy everything that is good about your life. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. He has come to give you the best life ever. The power to fight, to win this fight is found in him. That's where all the power is. The truth is, he, he wants you to win. He wants you to win. He, he knows the struggle you're in, and he wants you to win it. That is the beauty of it all. He doesn't just say, go out there and fight alone. He says, I'm going to fight right next to you, and with me, we're going to win. Here's what I'd like us to do for a moment. I just want you to shut your eyes for a second. I do this a lot, and I have you shut your eyes because it, it gives us a kind of a, an illusion of privacy in a room full of people. So I ask you to just shut your eyes because with your eyes shut for a second, we can, we can just talk for a minute, just, just you and me. <clears throat> the first question I have is, did you realize you were in a fight? Maybe not. Maybe you've been struggling along and not realizing you were in a fight, and maybe you didn't realize it was a spiritual fight. Maybe you didn't realize that there was an enemy of your soul and he's out to get you and he wants to claim you forever. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'm going to ask you to make a couple, I'm going to challenge you to make a couple commitments today. The first commitment is this. Are you willing to fight? And if you're willing to fight, you don't have to raise your hand or anything. I just want you to just between you and him say, yes, I want to fight. The second commit challenge is this. If there's been something in your life that you've been maybe not doing, putting up a good defense against, maybe you haven't had your guard up, maybe you've been given in to temptations or something like that, and you need help with that, I just want you to cry out to him right now. We're going to pray in a minute, but I want you to just to tell him, just in your own words, just between you and him, quiet, God, I need your help. Just tell him, I need your help, God. I need your help to win this fight. Two more challenges for you before we go. Next to the last challenge is this. I challenge you to give it a try. Maybe you haven't spent a lot of time in the Bible. Maybe for you, you know, there's, there's been, been reasons for that. But I challenge you to spend some time in that guidebook tomorrow. Just open it up. Will you take that challenge? Just between you and God, just tell him yes or no. The last challenge is this. And this has to do with prayer. And will you spend time and pray? Let me pray with you. 
God, I am so thankful for this church, for these people in this church, the men of this church. The